0: Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the Just Three Brothers podcast. I'm one of your three host Cat, and joining me today is Dallas and Carter as usual. Today we're talking about a topic that I think a lot of people can resonate with and a lot of people can kind of just know the iconic uh, feel of this particular character and the character himself, Mario. You know him, he's the red-hatted man. you love him, he's great. And uh, we're gonna be showcasing um, some of his earlier titles all the way up to the switch, so let's get into it.
1: Hey guys, this is Dallas here, AKA Hulkbusters, for those who follow me on YouTube and Twitch. Um, Just recently, we got all of our social media completely done. Um, So there's Instagram, J3B, um, Twitter, J3B as well. So we just switched it for, because people were having trouble finding us on these platforms, because it's close to other people's names. So we just cut it down to just J3B. And that's basically all of our social media. And also it'll be in this description below. So if you like this content, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and we're gonna jump right into it. Um, first we'll start with the nes so the nintendo that was the old old cartridge you had to bang on and beat on and blow into them to get it to work properly um mario was which
0: definitely- was a myth
2: by the way that was a myth blowing on the cartridge didn't actually it
0: actually could cause damage <laughs> but yeah carry on oh goodness okay well <laughs> There,
1: go- there goes all the years of wasting my time with that. It seemed to end up working, though, for the most part. So at least we got to play our Nintendo. Um, we'll start with the side scroller, the 2D side scroller, and that's on the NES, and that's the original Mario. Um, it was a very well-done game for the time it was brought out. Um, I think it was the late 80s or early 90s. But I just remember having a lot of fun with me and my brother playing on that the on like just basically killing the hammer bros and the Goombas and just jumping on the blocks. I'm pretty sure there was star power. It's been obviously a long time since I've had an actual NES system. But um, the progression of Mario as a character over the years, really, like we were just looking up images from the Mario that we used to love as in the NES compared to now on the Switch. And the technology has came a long way. And I think Mario is one of the few characters that actually made the transition very well to 2D to 3D. A lot of other characters struggled in that area. But um, obviously my favorite personally with super mario world the one directly after mario 3 behind me and i liked it because you could you know you could kill the bosses and stuff like that but also like the secret levels i think like the star world and everything and how there was just it was a very wide open game and you could beat the game without ever really having to go down any of the bonus um, objectives or stuff like that i remember the, the hardest level that I had in that was the, the Illusion for, Forest, I think it was called. And I'd always get stuck going round and round and round and round and round in that one little area. And I still usually need to use the Star World to skip that level altogether. Otherwise, I still can't beat it to this day.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Super Mario World for the SNES um, really introduced a lot of great mechanics, a lot of really cool new power-ups. You have the cape. Mario never really had the cape before. And it was really fun to, you know, once he started bombing with the, uh, which was essentially the the P power from running, um, you could fly. And this time you could not only fly, but you could swoop and do kind of a complex ground pound. Um, you know, the fire flowers back, it's, it's pretty good. But now you can ride Yoshi and Yoshi has a, a bunch of unique abilities you can u- utilize with him as well. Um, I also really have been enjoying speed running just as a, a uh, viewing thing as of late and just to see how people can just push the absolute limits of uh, super Mario world with, with uh, the speedrunning community is so great to watch. You know, I always used to think I was pretty good at the game, but they just blow the doors off. What's uh, you know, what's, what's even deemed reasonable to be able to do. So I always like to watch that. Um, I also, I would say my favorite Mario title of all time though. Um, and this is we're including everything, not even just on the super Nintendo or the original Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System but all the games. I'd say that Paper Mario is a sleeper favorite of mine. I absolutely love the original Paper Mario for the 64. I think it was so fresh and it was so just interesting how it it felt like uh, the real spiritual successor to Mario RPG um, You had, you know, the 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 party battle system and the turn-based combat with the hammer and the jump timings. I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was really kind of interesting to put uh, Mario in turn-based. I know some people maybe don't like turn-based games. I personally like them. I think they're fun. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, there's so many great titles that Mario is a, a part of. He's such an iconic character. And um, if it wasn't for Mario, he wouldn't have been able to push Nintendo into the stratosphere of all these great titles. Um, I can't even count how many titles there are of just Mario games in general and all the spin-offs like Toad Treasure Hunter or the Yoshi Yarn game. So I, I absolutely love Mario. I think they're some some of the funnest games ever. And uh, you know, that's my take on it.
2: Yeah. Uh well if we're talking favorites, I'm gonna have to give it to uh probably Super Mario Galaxy. I remember I think that was my uh that was probably the game I spent the most time on when it comes to Mario. I know I was just starting to get to the age where I could actually, you know, competently play video games so that was like one of the first games that i ever beat and uh, i just really enjoyed the super mario galaxy games even the second one i really enjoyed and uh i know you mentioned the rpg games the rpg mario games uh another sleeper game series was the actual the actually the mario and luigi rpg games Ah. i don't know if you guys ever played those but those games are really incredible for the game boy Uh, too i believe yeah, there was one on the Game Boy and then there was one on uh, the DS and the 3DS, I believe. Uh, that's Those are the ones I played. I played Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. And I remember just just the RPG elements are so unique in those Mario games where you kind of have skill involved which in an rpg is never really the case it's more so just like turn-based combat but i feel in those mario rpg games you really kind of had to time things you know press the a button or whatever at a certain time to complete these cool combos and i really like those those it RPG really games.
0: reminded me of legend of dragoon these kind of uh, skill uh skill-based button pushes i really think that uh, you know just as you said i think they really um, how to creative kind of focus on those ones for the skill button pushes.
1: I think I think for as far as um, RPGs go in general, obviously, obviously the original Mario RPG was amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, the soundtrack in that was crystal. the The gameplay, even though the graphics, obviously. You know, I'm a huge graphics guy, but the graphics still kind of held up for that that whole time period. You know what I mean? I, I really enjoyed that style, but the super the paper not super Paper Mario, sorry, that's a separate game. But the Paper Mario game, I love the whole the whole button pushing thing. Like he said, like Legend of Dragoon style. You had to basically you could do more damage based on how well you performed at the actual game, and that to me is a huge thing in RPGs because normally it's all about just leveling up and getting stronger than your opponents. But with that game, a lot of the time, if you didn't do your combos correctly, you wouldn't uh, output enough damage to actually get through a lot of the boss fights and stuff. So I, I, I would agree, definitely, as far as RPG games go, Super, Super Paper Mario. Sorry, I keep saying Super Paper Mario, but Paper Mario, the original one for the N64, was probably the best just because it was revolutionary. You know, Mario hadn't really really had a style of game like that obviously like mario rpg was very well done for its time but they brought a lot of aspects from that into the paper mario that we know and love
0: i was so confused when they first marketed paper mario as well i remember having my nintendo power magazine and one of the adverts inside of the magazine had like a. You could cut out Mario and now his stylized look was very simplistic. He looked different. He had very like little uh, black round eyes. Like he looked so different when we were used to, but um, initially I thought that the game was going to be a a bad game. I didn't think it was going to be very good. And then it turned out to be one of my favorite games uh, in the Mario franchise, just in general. But the strength with Mario is just how he's able to be the jack of all trades and master of all of them. You know, you have the RPG element, which is a very niche kind of Mario game. Mostly Mario is, uh, you know, 2D scrolling at its finest, or once it took the jump to Nintendo 64, now you have it in a 3D environment. And how you said before, Dallas, is that some of the other icons and platforms and, you know, stuff on Dreamcast and that sort of thing uh, was kind of awkward with the 3D transition. But with Mario, um, Mario 64 has some of the tightest controls I've ever played. Um, Recently, uh, my girlfriend got the... Uh, Super Mario for the Switch, the All Stars for it, which has uh, Mario Galaxy. Um, it has 64 and Sunshine. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right, right. So it's Sunshine, I believe, 64, and Galaxy. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's uh, correct. Those are the three titles on it, and uh, I just remember, you know, playing the game again. It felt like really good. Um, people have been complaining about the the you, how you have to change the camera angle yourself, but I always really like that. Um, I've always liked to have the control and where I'm, uh, approaching, uh, what angle with the, with the, with the camera. So I've always really enjoyed that, but to touch on Mario galaxy is that they had uh, predetermined angles that were just so crisp and they, they, they really had the ability to hone into, you know, Mario being at the center stage with all these crazily programmed pre positioned camera angles. I thought that was such an overtaking for them to take, but it really paid off you know, the galaxy, I think is with the first time we really got to see some of these really wacky mechanics and lots of these little planets and stuff that have their own gravity and little float mechanics, but also some of the bonus stages had some of the most complex, uh, traversing puzzles I've, I've seen in Mario games. So it's always just great to see, you know, the, the red man himself with the little M on his hat, it's always knocking these home runs out. It do- doesn't matter what genre, and then you can move on to, uh, you know, something that's, very few games i think have done is the board game style of game and that's mario party and mario party i think has been a ton of fun for people um of all ages playing that as well so it's really good to see that even when he's behind this the steering wheel of a a little go-kart um it doesn't really matter what mario is doing he's always doing it pretty good
2: yeah i don't know how far you've delved into super mario galaxy but i remember when i was a kid Just the Purple Comet levels, I don't know if you've played those. Those were some of the... I spent hours playing those levels. They were so difficult for me as a kid. I don't know if going back now I'd be able to do them easily, but I just remember sinking so many hours into that game as a kid. And I know you mentioned Mario Party, but another series I also played a lot when I was a little bit younger was the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Uh, Some of those games I actually really enjoyed, even though, you know, some might think they're kind of hokey. Yeah, but I, I just remember some of the aspects of the the winter games, one in particular, I believe it came out somewhere around 2012, but that game, just some of the cosmetic items you could get for your characters, and just there was a lot of unlockables, and uh, that's something I really enjoy in games in general, is just being able to unlock bonus stuff, so I spent hours in that game as well, just completing all the challenges and things like that, so yeah, I, I feel like Mario has always just I mean, knocked his games out of the park, really. I mean, I haven't played, I can't really think of one off the top of my head that was just a complete miss, in my opinion. I feel like Nintendo has always nailed their their number one mascot when it comes to his games.
0: Um, I can maybe think of a few, like maybe, and again, I'm sure people like this game, but Dr. Mario, where it's essentially a Tetris game. Uh, it was similar to the Mean Bean Machine um i'm not really a big fan of those types of games but i'm sure but there's an avenue for people who do like those games one thing i was always afraid of especially when the switch was released i feel like uh with the wii u for sure mario kind of started to lose a little bit of steam some of those games um i think they look good but i think the music in those games are when we're talking to mario music mario has some of the best music ever to see those games fall flat on their face as far as the soundtrack was very disappointing to see and the gameplay wasn't really for me, but it was kind of more like uh, you say a more co-op kind of uh, couch co-op with the friends kind of thing. Um, but it, I really was afraid once the switch came around that he was going to lose steam, but then they, they, they completely, uh, you know, mystified me as far as expectations with Odyssey. I think Odyssey was phenomenal. They really had a lot of great creative stuff in Odyssey. I, I, I it's just blows me away that You know, after how many years of Mario being the front man, he, you know, his his look has, um, hasn't really changed that much as far as style, right? He's always kind of had the the coveralls with the, you know, with the mustache and the red hat and stuff. Very rarely do you see such an iconic character who never breaks the mold stay so relevant, and even more than relevant, he's uh, probably been more popular than he's ever been, just with the audience and with the. The recent uh nintendo land getting opened up but like i say um i thought it was going to be a lot of steam kind of uh let out once the switch came out but i was completely blown away i would argue that the mario party for the switch is one of the weaker mario parties for sure but i mean i think odyssey more than made up for that
2: yeah that's an interesting point you actually brought up about the music i feel like after galaxy the music just stopped being super memorable and i'm not sure if that's something to do with nostalgia you know maybe it's just those classic mario tunes are just embedded into our brains i don't know if it has anything to do with that but i feel like once they kind of started taking more of an orchestral vibe to the mario soundtrack i think it started to just become a little less memorable i mean even the music in galaxy obviously mario 64 mario world those games the music is so iconic but even in galaxy they had a lot of tunes that were just like super interesting but i feel like once they made the transition to the wii games such as new super mario bros and things like that i can't think of a single track in those in those games so i think something happened to the music in mario i'm not sure yeah and I agree it's it, to me it took t-
1: kind of a hit after 64 like Galaxy had a couple rockers but it's it's really the original soundtrack the the ones that are just memorable stuck in my brain right and it obviously it takes a little bit away from the game when you're not vibing with the music you know what I mean but obviously like you said it could be something that literally could be embedded from our brain from childhood right it's just it's in there you know I used to listen to uh, Mario RPG on my uh, on my iPhone
2: while I was working <laughs> you know you know what I mean like well, actually the fact that the fact that you don't think the the music in Mario Galaxy is all that memorable is kind of just more confirming that point where maybe it is a nostalgia aspect because I don't you guys probably played that game when you were a lot older than I was
0: yeah for sure Mm -hmm. but the one thing that I will say I'd have to disagree with both of you I don't think that it's a nostalgia thing I think I can look at it um from a really um You know, a really kind of grounded approach. The music is still just great. I I think that the original soundtracks are so so great, and then you really start to get into a groove with uh, Super Mario World, and then of course on the 64 for sure. Um, But once it took that lull, it was kind of disappointing because you know Mario's the man who makes these bangers happen, and it's really good to see that. But they brought it back with Odyssey. I think some of these songs are incredible. Like you say, they're now really leaning heavy into the orchestra stuff. Um, I think that this can be a good or a bad thing. Obviously the limitation of the systems at the time, they're having to use uh, more simplistic uh, melodies and that sort of thing. But these massive grandiose kind of orchestrated music I think is great and it shows a lot of musical talent. But for me, I'm more of a simplistic kind of guy. I like the idea of just being able to kind of groove out to you know, the the Hammer Bros music or, or even the rudimentary star power music. I think that stuff is great. Um, but I do have to really give them props for the, the Odyssey soundtrack. It was very bombastic. It was very uh, grandiose. So I think that, uh, yeah, like I say, I, the, the music's great in my opinion. And I think a lot of people could agree with that. I have a lot of mixes on Spotify and that sort of thing where, um, you know, sometimes when I'm going to the gym or whatever, you just want like a nice uh, chilled out kind of beat. Um, so Mario can really do that for you. It's one of the few games that can
1: do that as far as, like, I remember for as far as Nintendo goes, like, there was a couple songs from donkey kong that are kind of memorable um there's a few smash ones that are memorable as well but but mario obviously is the one that knocks it out of the park it's the it's one of the few ones that i can actually like you said listen to i'm going to the gym or listen to with my daughter just hanging out around the house like you can kind of listen to there's tons of different songs for whatever you're doing really like if you want to get pumped up there's certain songs for that if you want to just sit down and vibe out this sounds for that. If you're just literally doing cleaning up around the house, your songs for that. Um, one of the things I loved about Mario in general, though, is is like kind of the I don't want to say unlockables, but a lot of the secrets, a lot of the a lot of the like um, in Mario sixty four is a good example. Um, I'm pretty sure you could get you could unlock Bowser at seventy five stars or something like that, if I'm not correct. But you didn't actually wrap the game one hundred percent until you got one hundred and twenty stars. So like you could beat the game if only getting 80 stars, but to actually completely wrap the game, you had to get all the stars. Right. And I can't remember if it was, Yo- it was Yoshi, I think was the final Yoshi on the, roof. Yoshi on the roof was the final, um, final little, uh, throwback there.
0: But the I only just- thing I'll add to that, not to interrupt, but the oh, one thing good. I really, the, I would really like to talk about is when we were younger and we discovered when you use the cannon outside, you could get onto the roof in a weird way and then fall into the castle in a very glitchy way. Um, we used to do that mechanic. I thought that was really fun. How, uh, you know, it, it, that was just mind blowing when you're such a kid, you know, the, the, the game is kind of uh, by today's standards. So, so obliterated by time with the physics of the walls and stuff. And you can really go through a lot of walls and stuff in 64. So it was kind of fun to be able to break the game in that way, but I'll let you take it back. Well, even even the speed in
1: which you could run, obviously speedrunners are on a whole nother level. But just the the, the jumping on your belly and then like super jumping and just like skipping and and you know obviously the wall jumping and the wall kicking, like there was just there was a lot of cool things with that game. And obviously back then, <clears throat> obviously somewhere so somewhere somewhere there was definitely somebody that was doing these speed runs but you didn't have um, platforms like twitch and youtube so you could actually watch these people do it right where nowadays it's all one giant competition is who can do who could do it faster who could do it who can do it better who's more efficient at it who's dying less like back then it was literally just you know you and your brother just play playing it and trying to get it done as fast as possible once you beat it for the first time but i, I really like the, the metal mario the flying Mario, the ma- the magic carpet he'd run, r- jump on and like take you through the the castle in the sky. Like, I mean, there was a lot of really cool ideas with that. Even the first level facing off against King bomb you know, like the first, the first mission. And then the second, the second star was racing, racing, uh, Koopa the Uh, Quick. Koopa the Quick. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of really cool aspects that were, you know, it was all brand new 3D, right? Like we never had anything like that at that point. And I feel like that kind of just broke open the floodgates for the rest of the Mario franchise.
0: It was too full. It was too full, I think. Uh, Just on the one hand, you have the first time we're making 3D uh, with Mario. I think that that was a pretty big jump. I would argue that's the biggest jump in probably gaming history. I know that that's hard to quantify, but going from um, you know, a 2D Mario game to the 64 in this like fully fleshed out 3D environment was number one, such a big, big overtaking. And I think that was great that they nailed that. But number two, the level design and the just the, the design in general, you have this over map where you're in, Peach's Castle. You could even go outside of Peach's Castle a little bit. There's not really much out there other than the secret cannon at the end. Um, but then you have the painting system. You jump into a painting and now you're doing stars. And depending on which uh, star you're doing, sometimes the levels even change a little bit. You know, uh, like how you mentioned the King bob fight. When you beat him in the later iterations of the level, he becomes one of the cannons that's rolling down the hill. So I really liked how they were able to do that.
2: Just a point I'd like to, uh, that Dallas mentioned that I'd like to touch on is just how incredible the movement in these Mario games are. In the original 64, it's just crazy how they just figured out a way to make Mario feel so good to move around and, you know, jump, do a side jump, you know, flick the control stick back, and then you can do a backflip. It just, the way they nailed that is so incredible. It, it, I, I'd argue that it almost feels better in, in those games than even some modern next-gen games like it the movement is incredible uh and i feel like they really managed to bring that back in odyssey as well just that feeling where mario kind of has this feeling almost like a momentum in a way like in 64 when you jump on your belly and you're sliding down hills and stuff it just feels so good and i i just it kind of blows my mind that they were able to get it so good in their first attempt
0: well, it's always so crazy to me too, because I don't ever think of Nintendo, whenever I think of Nintendo, I don't think of these, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking of the game gaming audience in a maniac kind of way. But um, I think movement's important. I think that that's why Melee was such a special game. The movement was so just incredible. Just like the character does exactly to the Atom what you want them to do. Um, and for them to execute it in 64, um, in the flesh was so amazing at the time. It just felt great. And that's the thing is it's, it's, it's just a good feeling when the character is so responsive, like you say, to those subtle flicks of the, the C-stick or even, you know, just the movement in general with all the different movement options. I think Odyssey even jumped it up a couple levels with the way you could use the hat, Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hat mechanic was really interesting. Um, I think, you know, fresh ideas like that is what really makes Mario push forward and forward. Um, some of the games you have, even in modern times now, the movement kind of feels a little bit clunky. It doesn't feel as good, you know, especially like, um, you know, and again, this is a game that I really enjoy, but i feel, I feel like Skyrim is kind of a bad culprit for this. The, the movement's kind of clunky. Um, and they just kind of, if can't get it right, but for whatever reason, in the mid 90s, Nintendo got it right on the 64. They knocked it out of the park. They, they
1: did like, like, I will agree when you say that's probably the biggest advancement in gaming history, really, because going through a 2d side scroller where you literally only have a basic jump and two speeds, slow or fast, and just jumping up vertically. Like that was all there was. Whereas like Carter said, there's the, there's sliding on your belly. There's the long jump. There's the backflip, There's the kicking off the wall, jumping back and
0: forth. Like, and especially the DLJ all- as well the backwards long jump that you can just and you're gone and you can go <laughs> through walls yeah it's crazy
1: like the movement the movement is amazing and i think that's what set that game apart from i would say 95% of the games to the N64. Like it was just that there is a reason why people still play it and there's people still speed run it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of nostalgia to it as well, but it's the fact that th- there's just a lot of things you can do with the prowess of gaming that people have now that you couldn't do back then. Or maybe like you said, there might have been one or two people that were doing it somewhere else, but obviously we didn't know them, right? Like we had to get dad's help just to beat the king bomb mom the first time when we were six and five or six and four, however old we were, right? But I just think Mark came a long way and and like i said the fact that there's so many unlock like like carter likes unlockables collectibles but i just like the secret stuff you know what i mean like that's one thing i'll always love about super mario world is the fact that you can go to the star world and you can literally just go there right off the bat like within the first like seven eight minutes of the game if you're quick and then you can go to the star world and you can literally teleport to the Bowser place and you can do clear Bowser like literally within the first half hour of the game whereas otherwise when I was a kid we we spent like you know a week sometimes playing Mario before we'd get to world 8 you know what I mean so it's just pretty cool how you can do a lot of you can kind of sk- skip a lot of the game if you want or you can I don't know you just get to play it as you want you know what I mean you don't have to do anything you don't have to go by a strict order of level progression you don't have to go from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4 you can literally go from 1 to 8 by by Bowser I'm done
0: yeah, I think choice is important, especially in these games. Um, I also like little subtle details and I'm a big fan of secrets too. I liked how in Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo, um, the one when you can ride Yoshi and use the cape, um, I liked how after you were done the special levels, uh, these are the pretty cripplingly difficult levels in kind of uh, the end game of the, the game itself um after you were done those levels it actually changed the way the uh outworld looked like the over uh the uh the world that you traverse in it changed the way it looked and also um the enemies were different when you went back to the older levels so it would give it kind of this uh you know this autumn kind of theme and when you go back to the levels all the koopas have now been replaced with mario with a kind of distorted head i always thought that was so cool like little subtle details like that uh that's just obviously a small designer thing, like changing a palette of the overworld and then, you know, changing a couple NPCs. But I think that those are always such great little uh, additions. I, I think secrets in Nintendo games in general are great, but I think they really shine in Mario.
1: Um, For me, I th- a big thing that I think, like, because I think when I when you say that i think you're talking about like the gnarly and the tubular and all that those levels catlin those are what we yeah. talking about so once you beat those 10 levels and yeah so you do the original star right you go around the star you'd link them all together and then go in the middle teleport to those levels and man some of those levels are ridiculous i remember having to farm like 99 lives in the yoshi level just to be able to get through those levels because they're so difficult right and I just think it really just goes to show how Nintendo and Mario in general really is able to thrive off the secrets in the game and p- make the playability of it. Like, because if, without those things in those games, I really feel like it'd be like a one and done, you know what I mean? But if you're a completionist, you know what I mean? It makes you want to go back to that game and like, okay, hey, I'm getting every single level. I'm getting every secret. I'm going through all the ghost house, even if it's three different ways that you have to go through them just to make sure that I'm getting 100% and this
0: game is done. I think that that's such a good point. The replayability, you know, I could go back and play super Mario world and uh, I'd still have probably just as much fun as I did the first time. Um, I, I really think that replayability in these games is so, so amazing um, how you can go back and you can start a new file and not even think twice about it. Um, I feel like a lot of games nowadays, the replayability is is very low Um, especially single player story-driven games. I think a lot of people might like it the first time and these are great games, but it's very difficult to imagine playing Skyrim repeatedly, even though Skyrim is kind of a bad example because you can pick a different class, a different race and kind of approach the game in a different way. So there's actually replayability there as well. But I think that bar none, Mario replayability is uh, like, it's top shelf. Like this is the good China. Like when you you have the fancy guests over, that's what you're bringing out it's so incredible to see um, Mario just persevere through the the time and time again. Um, I can only think of, you know, a few bad games off the top of my head and you really got to scratch your head to think of a bad Mario game. I think that that's where it comes into play. They're, they're consistent, they're concise and they're, they're, they're nailing these top level games and it's really, really good to see.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever played super Mario 3d world on the Wii U, but uh, they kind of brought back that, aspect where you unlock a secret world at the end and i remember there i think it was the final level of the secret world it was so difficult i was never able to complete it i tried so many times for weeks for a month even just trying to beat this level i was never able to complete it. at some point i just gave up because it was just so difficult so i really like the fact that they brought back that kind of secret level aspect because i know in the games prior to that the new super mario brothers games they kind of threw that to the wayside and they didn't have those secret levels which i think kind of was almost detrimental to those games in a way because you know you played through new super mario bros world or new super mario bros sorry and then you know that was kind of it you didn't you didn't really want to go back to complete those games
0: i agree for a second time I agree with that. I think that those games were pr- pretty flat. Um, they didn't really. All consider- right, which
1: games? Which games? I'm not trying to trap, but which games are we talking
0: about here? For the, the Wii U, new, the,
2: the new Super Mario Bros. games. One, the first one was on the Wii, and then they had one on the DS. And I don't know. I just wasn't a massive fan of those games. They had another
0: one on the Wii U as
2: well. But those as were two D side scrollers, correct? They yep. were
0: three D. I believe they're like rendered. They were rendered, but they oh, okay. yeah, but
2: they were side scrollers.
0: So, yeah, they yeah. were okay. side scrollers. Um, Speaking of difficulty, though, something that I'm not sure if either of you have ever heard of, but, you know, it goes to show the amount of love that the fan base has for this character. There's a franchise called Super Mario Kaizo where they basically have modded the game to crazy levels where, you know, fan made cripplingly difficult levels. Like these levels, I couldn't even beat a single level. There's so many complex things you have to do in the Mario Kaizo series that... You know, it's crazy. But the thing that's really great to see is like uh, Nintendo's response to that. Then they come out with Mario Maker. Now all of a sudden you have people creating levels and trying to complete levels. You know, you see the percentage of the population who are able to beat the level. There's a lot of competitive feel in that. And it's something that, uh, you know, Nintendo doesn't really lean too heavily towards competition, but I think the way they did it with Mario Maker was phenomenal. That's a gem. It was a gem how they did it. I loved how uh, you... play these different types of levels there's ones where you're just gunning it and you're running as quick as you can avoiding shells and and thwomps and that sort of stuff and there's other ones that are more kind of lackadaisical but they're really technical and it's a really um you know i I know someone redid the bob Bob battlefield uh from 64 in mario maker and it was really cool to see how they were able to do that so i think that uh it's just incredible to see how many different types of games that mario can just crush and nintendo in general how they're able to crush these games Um, I can't think of another franchise that has one character that's starring in so many different games. I really would have to think very hard to think of uh, a franchise that's so successful that showcases their main boy. I don't think there is one,
1: to be honest. Like, how, while you were saying that, I was literally thinking in my head, and there's not a chance with the amount of m- the games Mario is in. Like you said, he's in Smash Brothers, he's in Mario Party, he's in Mario Kart, he's in Yoshi's Island, he's in Toad's Adventure. You know what I mean? Like, even if he's not a playable character necessarily in them, he's still you know does this little cameo and i mean that just goes to show like how mario can literally carry other games like like carter was saying earlier the mario sonic olympics like you know what i mean if it was just the sonic olympics no one would have bought it <laughs> but it's because mario's the front line on the page right well just... that's
0: the that's the most unfortunate part about sonic i don't think too many people are uh, buying sonic games as of late
1: Oh, no, I think Sonic's dead. And hopefully Mario can continue with its success. Like, Odyssey was an amazing game. I like how they're able to bring bring new ideas. Like, like having him in the city, like, that was, like, that blew me away when in that level when I was playing in the city, like, jumping on taxis and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, like... You know, that just goes to show they could literally do a Mario game where he's literally in the real world just, you know, stomping on people's heads like Mario's Mario's just like the nostalgia factor I hate to keep saying nostalgia, 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 that's what it's all about it's literally having the same character that we grew up on and loved be featured in. I don't even know. I'd love to f- find that fact, how many games he's actually been in, because it's, it's definitely in an insane amount. Like you said, there's 13 Mario parties, probably 10 Mario Karts. you know, five, six different super smash bros, plus like all the Mario games individually. Like there's just so much of Mario
0: and people still eat it up. (laughs) Like we love it. I, uh, I, I can see what you're saying with the whole nostalgia thing, but I think that I would just disagree with that. Just fundamentally just because of the fact that I think that if you look at these games objectively from just a standpoint of these games had say a different character in them, they're still really fun and they're still really great. Even though I think there is that seed that's planted in the back of the head where it's, you know, you're thinking red, you're thinking blue, you're thinking mustaches and Italian people, Um, But I think that these games are still, regardless if they're Mario, they're still great games. And I think that it just so happens that he's also in them, um, just really driving it forward. And like I say, he's such an iconic character. I don't think that there's, he's pretty untouchable. The only other franchise I can think of that has the same amount of titles with one character kind of showcasing all of them. Is of course another Nintendo game, Zelda. And I mean, there's countless Zelda games, but again, I think Mario's on top of the the mountain with the the amount that he's in.
2: Yeah, if we're talking about that, just the sheer number of games Mario has appeared in, I'm sure it's near the thousand. I mean, you've even got Mario making appearances in games like Punch Out, where he's the referee, you know, in the Punch Out game on the NES. So I feel like if we were to go back and look at just every game Mario's appeared in, it's got to be it's got to be up there somewhere near a thousand at least in my opinion i feel like it's definitely near that number i mean even just, mario paint yeah mario paint you know it came with the little mouse yeah uh i mean i never played that game but i'm sure people love that game
0: the thing that was really great too is to see that the transition with the 2d scroller um would arguably felt better on the game boy i think that it really suited a kind of on the go kind of playstyle. you know, you're on the bus waiting to go to school or whatever, you know, throw the cartridge in, get a couple levels going, get a couple coins going. You know, I think that was really good. Um, you know, especially as an adult now, um, you know, sometimes you're, uh, you know, driving to work and playing your game boy. That's always good to not really be paying attention to the road as much and just really kind of focusing on the the Italian plumber that we love. So um, I love danger and I love Mario. So I think that both of those kind of, uh, go hand in hand but I like I say I think that on the Game Boy side of things um was even some home runs in there too there's undeniable I know that you touched before on uh uh Inside Bowser with the Luigi and Mario one um that was a sleeper one as well I think a lot of people missed that mark on that one I think that that was a pretty good one as far as you know some of the combos you can do with Mario and Luigi where he's throwing them around and there's hammers and stuff I really like that a lot also, the sprites were very stylized. I, I'm really a sucker for good sprite uh, design, and I think that those ones did it really uh, good justice as well. Even though I would argue, my favorite kind of uh, turn-based one is probably Paper Mario, which I said before. But Mario RPGs are right in there too. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. I love the fact they brought back the sprite artwork. It's so it's so it's not often you see that nowadays where people bring back sprites. You know. And I love that. Even I guess games like Shovel Knight, you know, people well, love Well, actually, artwork. I
0: would disagree with that. I think games like Celeste and all these ones where the characters have a lot of great movement and I think a lot of inspiration from a lot of these uh, uh, Mario games. I think that we're seeing kind of like this, uh, the, the return of the sprites almost, so to speak. You know, you have these games like Owlboy where they're using these great sprites. So I think as of recent where you have uh, a lot of great games that are coming out with these kind of... Uh, Super Nintendo kind of feel to it, you know. I think that um sprites are coming back and they're they're it's really great to see sprites come back. I love that.
2: I'm all for that as well. I love good sprite design. It's just so colorful and just it's it's it gives you a different feeling than a 3D game where the character looks hyper realistic, you know. It's just it's feels more it feels more creative in my mind.
0: It's timeless too. I feel like especially with the creative design of some of these sprites like I recently went back and played a game called Secret of Mana and the sprite work in that game is incredible. You know, most games you maybe have, you know, a 2D sprite running around, but in Secret of Mana, it's kind of a top down almost view. So you have, you know, almost a 360 kind of look of this character, but you can only see him from the front. Uh, from your visual perspective so they must have had hundreds of different sprites for the same character and I think that that's incredible similar how they did to Diablo 2 where you take these incredible handcrafted sprites um, and they just look great you know I've I'm the complete opposite with Dallas Um, I don't think that graphics define the game I think the fun defines the game but I can definitely see why graphics, especially in this hardware hardware heavy kind of meta where graphics are important because we have the technology and capability to push it to the limit. Unfortunately, sometimes when you push it too far, you get games like Cyberpunk. So it's just unfortunate to see when they really, really don't know how to finish a game and they put it out. Um that's one thing I'm gonna say about Mario. I don't think I've ever seen a Mario game that's unfinished. I don't think there's ever a Mario game that I've ever seen where I th- go, hmm a lot of broken stuff here. You go to jump and all of a sudden you're being glitchy and thrown against the wall or anything like that. There's not a lot of that. They're pretty crisp.
1: I'm not going to name drop or anything, but I recently spoke with a person um, who let me know that basically Nintendo, when they do things, they don't have a time crunch, the the actual pe- people who create it. You know how um, a lot of studios now, especially Cyberpunk, like they had to release it when they did. If they didn't, they're looking at millions of dollars in fines, which can end up hurting the backlog. You know what I mean? They'll make less less money up front if they push a game back. Um, Marvel Avengers, a huge one, they released that game, they pushed it back six months, and they still basically released an unfinished game. And it really it really hurt a lot of people they the, the playability of it number one hurt but having a game that you'd glitch through the floor or your save file would get corrupt and all of a sudden you have to start from scratch or you'd pay a lot of money for skins and then you lose all the skins and have to start from a brand new account after you dropped hundreds of dollars like that really hurts the game but with nintendo it's more of a rush on the actual um promoting of it that's where the rush is it's never a rush on the designers it's never a rush on the people who actually create the game it's all just a rush on like promoting it to get it out there to the world which is nice so the basically that's why you always have great nintendo games that are not buggy or anything because there's no pressure on the studio like the release dates or that's why they don't even tell you about the release dates till like six months before whereas like with a lot of games like i knew about marvel avengers four years ago you know what i mean i knew about cyberpunk three and a half years ago so it just goes to show that you, like getting people pumped up for something for so long gives more expectation you know what i mean you, you expect this fleshed out perfect game and then it turns out that it's it's there's so many glitches it does it's not even fun i think um,
0: that that's such a interesting point um that's one thing i actually the more that you mention that um i've just realized that when uh, a Mario game comes out I'm always pretty surprised when it's released because I don't know much about it they're kind of it almost feels like they don't market it too much and then boom they hit it they hit you with it as soon as it's released and I think that that's almost better in my opinion to get that like that kind of playful surprise like oh wow they're doing a Mario uh, volleyball game that's really cool um, I think that that's kind of the, the strategy where it's a surprise more or less than a hype fest and then the hype is now swelling and the hype is getting so much that it's going to boil over the pot. Um, I think that that's another reason why Cyberpunk was uh, destined to fail out of the gate, regardless if it came out like less buggy, even though the bugs were definitely what hindered it for sure. But I think the main concern with that one was just the hype was uh, it would never live up to the hype because, it, you know, it was supposed to revolutionize how we play games. And, you know, every single NPC in that game is living its own life. Like, come on, we, we, we know it was going to just be a regular game. Um, it was never going to be uh, this groundbreaking revolutionary game that I think in some aspects, even though I think that the, the rendering and the the characters look really great um, had less kind of creative uh drive than some of the games from the 90s honestly on computer
1: Um, on computer that's the only way it looked good is on computer um i played it on the ps4 and i also played it on the xbox elite x um the or sorry i played it on the xbox one and the xbox one elite x but on the xbox one oh
2: my goodness it was unplayable it (laughs) it runs at like literally 20 frames per second I, i played it at your friend's house dallas and it's just it's you can't even play it honestly it's literally unplayable i played it for five minutes and i was like man i really want to play this game but i i'm trying to aim my gun around and it just feels like i'm on like 500 ping and on in a pc game you know what i mean so
0: yeah that's the the juxtaposition right i don't think i've ever (laughs) played an unplayable mario game i think that Mm -hmm. that's why you know the the crown fits so comfortably on top of his head You know, the quality is coming out the gate. It's looking great. It's feeling great. You know, it's fresh. It's, it's, it's great. So I think that, uh, you know, all these, all these hardware junkies and all these graphic boys who are chasing that next kind of uh, next level revolutionary game, they can stick to doing that. I'll chill with Mario in the back and we know what we're doing.
1: And that comes down to, like I said, the fact is that there's no pressure. If your developers aren't pressured to do things and to like, literally like you have to get the game out, tomorrow or we're going to lose millions of dollars of course they're going to be working off off the clock and you know skipping important steps and then the game comes out buggy and wrecked but they don't even they don't even brand it until it's 80 percent done so that's why we literally never hear about mario games being done you know six months in the past you know what i mean like you literally hear about them and then two months later it's out which obviously so the rush goes to the marketing as opposed to the developers which is always in every other case with any other platform whether it be xbox pc um ps4 like any of uh, playstation any of that stuff like it always comes back to its all of the pressures on the developers and the game will basically promote itself. Whereas for Nintendo, it's the opposite, right? It's like they literally can chill on a game for six years <laughs> and then just drop it and that it's flawless. Right. Which is awesome though, because then you're not pumped up like cyberpunk. Like, like you say, like I was stoked for it. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be a groundbreaking game. There's going to be nothing like it. I'm going to quit every other video game that on earth and I'm just going to play this game and it's going to be perfect forever. No, I played it for like five hours. I'm like, this game sucks. Like, and that's not like me, especially with new video games. Like they're dropping the ball lately with new video games. And that's the one thing I got to love about Nintendo is they keep knocking it out of the park while these other games are falling apart.
0: I think that that's definitely true. These AAA titles that are coming out are are dropping the ball. And that's kind of the the key. But the one thing um, that I mentioned before is I don't think indie studios have been doing better than now. You know, some of these uh, independent titles that are coming out are just so fresh and creative. Um, I think AAA titles need to really step their game up. I think these like massive uh, gaming companies really could take a a page out of the book of these people who are doing the indie games. Because I think there's a lot of indie games coming out of the woodwork that are just, you know, these these are top shelf games too.
1: Not to bring it back, but um, Animal Crossing. I hate to bring bring it up, but like we're kind of talking about Nintendo anyway. That game is really bringing a girl fan base to the to the world i think it's got like something like 90 percent of female player base which is crazy for any video game like it's that's like shocking and i feel like nintendo is doing that well too they're able to bring video games that are really fun to play for women and, and don't, don't get me wrong i like animal crossing i liked uh, a lot of the older ones better but I, I love animal crossing i know you do that's why it's it's, it's just funny though that, that they're able to release it and still have you know the old school people that love animal crossing and nintendo games in general but then also branch out to a new audience because that's one thing i think we talked about in a previous podcast and it wasn't nintendo based but just saying how nowadays it's um, more accessible to females and it's not you know looked down upon so so much and i i like how they're literally they they're actually focusing on bringing female gamers into the community whereas before like 10 years ago i feel like we were trying to push them out of the community
0: Well, I think that it has something to do with the community itself. You know, some of these uh, online games, especially ones where they're multiplayer and they're online, um, they can kind of be a cesspool of toxic kind of vibes. Um, But the thing that I really like about Nintendo is that, like you say, they are bringing a female audience into it. And I think that it's really important. I think a lot of people may not realize just how important it is. But, you know, you have a game like Animal Crossing, for example, although it's not a Mario title, I think that they really did kind of encapsulate a lot of... uh, a lot of really great uh, features that I think girls really kind of enjoy, you know, customizing your own Island and, you know, designing different clothes and stuff like that. And again, obviously that's not just for the female uh, Mm -hmm. gamer to do, but I just really think that that was a good um, kind of way to draw them in with that. Cause like you say, it's a mostly female player base and for good reason too. I think that uh, it does really cater to the female audience. And one thing I will say for sure, um, I would say for most people for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh popularity with driving games, but I think that uh, as far as like you have these like cutting edge graphic ones uh that are on like the the more most recent Xbox and the most recent PlayStation, I think that maybe not a lot of females can get into it, but I know for a fact that uh my girlfriend and her, all of her four sisters really can get into it uh with the Mario Kart Um, I know that they all play a lot of Mario Kart and that's something that they love to do so like I say just uh, you know what you said before I think that it is very incredibly important to have uh, females in our space as well, especially in the gaming community, and I think it's overlooked a lot I think that one thing that's really nice to see is how Nintendo is very kind of pulls everyone together for that kind of family fun atmosphere and is very inclusive um it's always unfortunate to see like a lot of online online games especially for pc where it's almost exclusive it feels like um they're they're downright just negative towards females coming in the community and that's to me is always just a shame that's
2: unacceptable and they've been doing it for since since as early as some of their first games you know they had metroid where you know, at the very end of the game, it turns out Samus was a female all along and games like Ocarina of Time where Sheik turns out to be Zelda, you know, she's this badass female. And Well, uh, the only
0: thing about the Sheik one is it was always kind of odd to me that uh, Link was very into Sheik until he found out it was Zelda. Then he was kind of like, hmm, I liked it better when it was a boy, but I digress.
2: <laughs> and, and even games like on the, on the Nintendo DS, they had a game called Super Princess Peach, you know, Nintendo's always been trying to include include females into the game into gaming, and I feel like nowadays, you know, no one really is doing that. You know, it's all games like like Doom or fucking Dragon Age, where it's just like these fantasy worlds, and like a lot of girls just don't really give a shit about that. You know, obviously some do, but you know, it's it seems like they're, the gaming has always been trying to appeal to to a male fan base.
0: Yeah, that's. No, oh i was just gonna say how you mentioned doom it's like i i know that uh my old lady was loving doom so (laughs) like like you say it really depends on on who it it really
2: depends on the girl
0: and again we're not trying to make generalizations obviously Mm -hmm. of course you know there's there's males that will like animal crossing and there's females that may like uh doom games so we're not making any generalizations there we're just saying that it's really nice to see that nintendo's making that approach to kind of welcome a female audience
1: I think uh, Mario Kart is a huge one that you say because a lot of the uh, parties that we used to go to and stuff, um, Mario Kart was always – it was the girls who were instigating it, always – And there was like, you know, there'd be a lineup of like 10 girls and I just want to be like, come on, let me in. Like, I just want to play like one, one quick match guys. And they'd be like, no, no, you have to wait for these nine other girls to go. It's like, oh, fine. I'll wait. And then you finally get in there. And then I have to pass the controller the next time because I just got smoked by three
0: chicks. It's like, oh man, come on guys, relax, sit down. i think that that's great uh, uh i think that, that that's almost like an aphrodisiac in my mind uh, my fantasy is always to just get completely annihilated by a girl in a video game i think that that's like a fantasy that i could live out um especially going to some of these parties where you know people are kind of drinking have a good time it's it's all pretty laid back and relaxed and then all of a sudden you get the the smash bros coming out of the woodwork and then uh that can get pretty hyped too but one thing i'd like to touch on that i've always really had a a uh, really close place in my heart. I, I know that we discussed Smash Bros in, the, in a past episode, and that's like a really, really um, great franchise. But something that is really, really interesting as far as bringing females into the forefront, I think, is um, when I took my girlfriend's younger sister kind of under my wing and, and showed her about Smash. Cause, you know, at the start, she was so interested, like, wow, like, what do you mean you go to these tournaments? Like, what do you mean you're competing? What do you mean there's cash prizes, that sort of thing? So then she started to play and understand the game, get the mechanics. And next thing you know, she's going to tournaments with me. She's my doubles partner. You know, it felt really good to see her really kind of embrace the community. And, and you know, obviously it's an incredibly special franchise to me. And this is an incredibly uh, special person to me as well. So to have her under my wing and just me and her body and people in doubles at locals was just the greatest thing ever. So I think that games that are able to elevate women, I, that's you got the check mark for me.
1: I'm not going to lie. I think it's a huge turn on for me as well that are girls that are actually could just body me at video games. It doesn't happen very often, but there are some girls that are really good in their niche of video games. Obviously, like I said, Animal Crossing is a huge one. Um, my buddy's girlfriend, she's so advanced, I can't even understand. Like she's got millions of gold in that game and like she like switches the day and the month and the year on her actual uh switch to get more items and stuff like that it's like pretty advanced for me but mario party that's one of the, another game that i know like it's completely inclusive like be like just with the the list of characters the female characters the male characters the the characters that don't really identify with any any gender or whatever but it's just it's really fun to be able to sit there with three other people whether they're boy girl or what and or goomba to, or goomba exactly and be able to just have a lot of fun and actually like want to compete to win, like where you're stealing stars from each other. You're like you're you're rolling dice and just hoping that you can get that eleven so that you can land on that star to get the free to, to spend all your money on it. And then oh, all the bonus stuff. Cutthroat. Oh, it's ruthless. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you're just backstabbing you your friends. some
2: friendships, and that, that, that <laughs> those games can really ruin a, a fucking not very tight friendship if you guys aren't besties and. Then
0: oh yeah if you're on out. shaky ground you might as well <laughs> tell them to take a hike that uh that friendship's not going anywhere once you nope. take a couple of their power stars
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding and i just like i like another thing with the newer mario kart uh, party sorry that you you i know you kind of complained about the newer one but i like at the very end and i think they might have done this for quite a few of them but at the very end after you're done the level then you go into like the bonus realm or whatever and whoever got the most coins or the most stars or the uh, whoever wrote, went the most spaces or whatever then you kind of get bonus stars and I, they might have done that since the n64 if i can remember correctly but i just it's just another aspect of the game like you can play the whole game and be in first place at the end of the game but then when you actually like finish the game and you get all those bonuses then you find out you're second or third you're like man really the thing with
0: the most recent one is um, the reason why I would say that it's not as good as some of the previous installments um, is just uh, the simple fact that the map volume was so small. Um, I don't remember the exact number of maps, but if I'm not mistaken, it was four. Four maps. And that's kind of embarrassing as far as a uh, Mario Party game. The one thing I thought was really uh, phenomenal that they introduced is, I mean, clearly you can play as Goomba. That was the number one for me. Um, but every character now had their own dice. And it was really cool to see that some of these dices that uh, some of the characters had, like Luigi dice, was really good. Other people didn't have such good dice, but you could just stick to the regular dice if that's what you want to do. I thought that that was kind of a fun, fresh idea. Some of, the, some of the ways you could interact with the map, too, I thought were somewhat creative, but lacked a lot of the creativity from the previous ones. So, like I say... Um, I hate to do it because I love Nintendo. I love Mario, but that's going to get a thumbs down for me. I think the new one, uh, Mario Party for the Switch, that's a thumbs down and it it feels bad to give a thumbs down, but you got to give, you know, a thumbs down where they're due. Um,
1: the dice thing for me, I, I really like how they separate a lot of the dice. Like you have the four to six dice and the one to three dice, or then the triple dice. Like I just, I just, it brings more options to the table rather than just the classic one through six. But obviously a big thing for me was the map selection. I'm pretty sure you're right. It was either three or four maps that they had in Mario party and that in a good Mario party game, you would think you'd have like eight, you know what I mean? Or then maybe uh, at least like four with like four unlockables or something, you know what I mean? Where it's not just, no matter what you do, there's only four maps you can play because those maps get repetitive. And I know two of them I don't even enjoy. Um, Well, they're
0: small too. They're not very large. There's not a lot of, you
1: go around the track and you get back to the start relatively quickly within five or six turns. They're kind of
0: boring. There's not a lot of uh, routes to approach it. Whereas in some of the other ones, um, There's little shops you can buy items, which you can in that one. But I just feel as a whole, I'm just comparing this to uh, previous installments. I think that the new Mario Party as a standalone game is perfectly fine if we never had um, Mario Parties in the past. But that's what really kind of uh, takes the sheen away from the shine was just the fact that the other ones were better. So, I mean, when we come out with a sequel, it's important to ask yourself, why are we making a sequel? Usually, it's to embellish uh, previous mechanics and kind of, you know, go ahead with certain creative elements. But this one, I felt, I, th- I just think it fell flat.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I know for, you know, maybe Mario Party kind of fell flat in the recent titles. But I think for games, just in the Mario series in general and in Mario Kart, I know you're not a huge fan of those games, Kat. But I hey. think, <laughs> well,. <laughs> I know every every Mario Kart installment I almost think it gets better every time. I mean the one on the Wii is definitely my favorite, but even the one on the Wii U had some really cool features where you could get the DLC maps and the DLC characters. You know, you could ride around and a card as Link or Captain Falcon, you know, and go on the, the F Zero maps in those games. So I think every installment of the of the and you also had the feature where you could go You could almost defy gravity and go on walls and things like that. I think with every installment in the Mario Kart series and even just Mario Kart or Mario series in general, you always have these advancements where in Odyssey, you know, you have the hat where you could use that to take over enemies. It just they always bring new things to the table in these Mario games and it always keeps it fresh and entertaining.
1: They've been doing that for years too, like years and years and years. They started, like I said, with the NES Mario where you just had Mario and you might – yeah, you had a flower, a uh, fire flower, and then a star. That was it. And then in Mario 3, you had – um. The tail, not, not the actual cape like Mario uh, Super Mario World, but the tail, which allowed you to fly. And then if you got the P, you and could you literally skip too. the whole level. You, you had a lot
0: more. You had
2: had, had the fog toe. Suit, tons. Had the Bros. fog
0: suit. You had the uh, Hammer Bros suit. You had the Tanuki suit, which was very similar to the feather, but you could turn into a statue um, mm-hmm. for the kind of protection. I think that Super Mario 3's power-up system was incredible. Um, and also, there was kind of like pseudo power ups. So, like you say, you could jump in the Goomba boot and kind of jump around. Um, I think you could only utilize it when you were little, Mario, if I'm not mistaken, but there's like, a lot of really Mario. cool stuff you could do there. Um, I, I, I love that. I think that Super Mario 3 is such a classic. It's so iconic. You know, you got it in the background there. I love the stylized Mario. Um, with the thick, uh rich black lines, I I like I love that game. I think that game's great. How could he not
1: though? They had the flute that you could literally skip, like right in the first world, you get to the first mini castle, and then you blow into it, and all of a sudden you're in world four, and then you <laughs> <laughs> just
2: get and, swept away to those tunes.
1: Yeah,
0: and then you can get bam, another bam, one right away. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh-huh. I th- that was the first game that introduced the the overworld aspect into Mario, yeah. where you could go back and forth and re- you could redo levels if you wanted to, or, you know, you could go to the toad house. And I think that really brought a lot to Nintendo games in general. They've been doing that in the 2D Mario game since that game, you know, you have overworlds for each separate world in even some of the newer ones, even Super Mario World, even, you know, all these 2D c- kind of games they always bring that overworld aspect into it. And super Mario three was the first thing to introduce that.
0: Well, and that's the thing too, like kind of touching back to what you said, Carter, with, with it, keep, it keeps getting better and better. Um, again, I will iterate. Um, I don't like racing games. Like I, I absolutely hate racing games. Um, but out of all of the racing games that ever existed, I think that Mario Kart just is dazzling to watch, you know, seeing the, especially the new one. I know uh, super Mario, uh, or sorry, Mario Kart for the Switch. Um, these levels look incredible. They're so dynamic. They're dazzling. You know, you're driving through Luigi's mansion and the it's all haunted. And it's just so interesting to see. Um, just their, their, their game design is just on another level. I don't know what the, they're drinking in Japan there, but they are coming up with some of the best creative ideas I've ever seen. Oh, they're uh, well, whatever it is, you know, rice liquor, whatever it is, I think they're killing it. Um, game design is something that is almost an, uh, kind of an art, you know what I mean? And it goes to show, uh, you can tell when someone's really using the brushstrokes famously or when someone is looks like they're using, you know, their left hand when they're trying to sign their name. Like it's a it's a big difference when it comes to good game design and bad game design, you can see it. Um, Mario games, I just think that the design, the way they do it, um, it's untouchable. You know, it's MC Hammer-esque. You know, you can't touch these games. Like these are just phenomenal uh, design games and they're usually, you know, completely polished with uh with a flawless shine.
1: They're always well done. And I don't I don't think they're ever gonna go backwards in that aspect. Um one thing we've obviously talked about on past shows is the fact that Nintendo is kind of a little bit lackluster in the online department. But I I just don't I can't imagine an online Mario. You know what I mean? It just maybe it might be okay but i just i just feel like it's the single player element of these games that really make it shine you know what i mean and as soon as like you say you add online into it then you start having problems with bugs and glitches and lag and all these other things and then that takes away from the mario franchise in a whole you know what i mean so i don't know if they're ever going to have a completely online mario game
2: well they already do actually they have uh I believe it's called Mario 48 or something like that, where you have 48 people competing to beat the first Mario game. And it's kind of like almost a battle Royale type game. They just released it recently. And I think that game is just really interesting and unique in my opinion. I know battle Royale is kind of played out, but to give it, Nintendo has been giving it kind of a unique approach where even in their Tetris 99 game, Oh. You're playing Tetris against a bunch of other players. And I think what they're doing with the Battle Royale aspect is really cool to see, and especially in that new Mario game. I don't know if it's came out yet, but if it is, I'd definitely love to pick it up because it looks really one. Really
0: one thing I've always thought would be a really cool idea, um, I would love to see some kind of uh, online supported version of Super Mario 64, where you have probably 100 people playing the game, but there's no <laughs> unit collision. Um, there's no bumping into each other and who's doing it the fastest in real time. You can just see a bunch of Mario's ripping through the castle, going to paintings and stuff. I always thought that'd be such a cool, interesting thing, especially for the speed running community. I would love to see a Super Mario kind of meet Slippy online kind of thing, and everyone's kind of competing and chasing those stars in a very, very fast time.
2: Well, you know, that might actually come to fruition with this new Mario Battle Royale game they had, you know? Maybe well, that's it what does that's well. reminded
0: me of that idea, to Yeah, you mentioned you mention that. I think that that's such a fun, fresh idea, too, because it's like you kind of think to yourself, like, well, how how can they keep making these great games? And then they, and then they do. So it's kind of crazy to think of the, just you always think there's a a ceiling and they go to show it's made out of glass and they just bust through that to the next game. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, all the titles that are coming down the line for Mario and I think they're going to be great.
1: And that's the thing. Like we said with the promotion of it, we don't really know. Um, every other game in history, every other gaming company, they all you'll know two three years in advance. Where we we're lucky if we get six months with Mario games. So, we're really looking forward to the next Mario game. But any guys, that wraps up the show for today. And we love talking about Mario. We love talking about Nintendo and all things to do with anything that franchise touches because they do it so well. So anyway, guys, it's Dallas, Cat, and Carter, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peter.